and welcome to the Hypnotize Me podcast, the podcast about hypnosis, transformation, and healing. This is Dr. Elizabeth Bonet, and I'm your host. Before we get started on today's episode about hypnosis and cancer, I do want to say that if you're local to South Florida, I am going to be speaking at an art exhibit called Layers. This is at the 1310 Gallery, and you can see where that is on my Facebook page, get the address, or if you subscribe to my newsletter, it's going to be coming out in the newsletter. But it is on Saturday, November 18th from 5 to 10 p.m. These are artist lofts in downtown Fort Lauderdale. They're in sailboat bend, pretty easily accessible, and there's all kinds of artists that live in these lofts. And then once a month or so, they open it up and do an exhibit and you can also go and meet the artists and see all the art on the wall and in their lofts. It's a really a wonderful event. I've been before. And this time one of the artists invited me to speak, Nico Ulis. He has some amazing work and we've known each other a couple of years here. So he's running this exhibit and the theme is layers and peeling back the layers. And how do you get into the deeper layers? And so he asked me to speak about hypnosis and do a little meditation for people during the event. So I'm speaking right around 7.15, 7.30, and I would absolutely love to see you there. And if you listen to the podcast and I don't know you in person, please come up and introduce yourself. I'd absolutely love to meet you. All right, let's jump into today's episode. I had said a couple episodes ago that I was going to do a series on hypnosis and cancer. So this is the first episode of that series. In episode 55, I offer a free hypnosis if someone is going in for surgery for cancer. So if that's the case, or one of your loved ones or someone you know, a friend, please have them listen to that episode 55. You can find it at my website, drlizhypnosis.com slash episode 55. And they can listen to that for a week or so, a couple of days, even before they go into surgery. But this episode is more about some of the research that's going on with hypnosis and cancer care. So these studies that I'm talking about today were published in the American Journal of Clinical Hypnosis. That's volume 16, number one, July, 2017. That's put out by the American Society of Clinical Hypnosis, commonly referred to as ASH, which I am a member of. And they just do excellent research and journal articles about hypnosis. So this was a really wonderful issue full. The whole issue was full of studies about hypnosis and cancer care. So this first one is by Joshua Wurzel and David Spiegel. And they talk about some of the neurobiological understanding of hypnosis. So what's going on in the brain? What they do is they image the brain while someone's under hypnosis and they say, okay, what's going on here? Let's look and see what areas are being activated. Particularly the areas that are activated during hypnosis are the visual, auditory, olfactory, the somatosensory, basically. And when subjects are guided into hypnosis to alter the intensity of a perceived stimulus. So what does that mean? The intensity of a perceived stimulus. I'm going to try to translate this as we go along here. That means that let's say someone's in a lot of pain. So they have pain felt by placing, let's say one's hand in hot water, right? They test this different ways, but they have a lot of pain, but 
they're put into hypnosis and they're saying, okay, either make that more or make that less. Well, what happens is the blood flow or the metabolic activity in the sensory cortices of the brain are affected. Okay. So when you say, all right, let's make this pain less, let's put you into a trance. And as hypnotherapists, we do that various ways. And then let's suggest that the pain that you're experiencing is less, right? It's benign. It's not as intense. It's not as sharp. It's um, localized. For years and years and years when I taught prenatal yoga, I did this meditation at the end called the map of pain. And I actually learned this from Shinzen Young, who runs an excellent, excellent series on pain and meditation, the science of meditation. But basically what you do is you map the pain and you try to find the edges of it. And you say to yourself, okay, is my hand in pain? If really it's your foot in pain, you're like, no, my hand actually feels fine. It's my foot that's in pain. And so let's map the edges of that. Let's see if we can localize or find where it's more intense, where it's less intense. Like let's, let's really look at it and be curious about it without judgment. So that's a similar concept of what they're doing here. They're saying, okay, let's see if under hypnosis, we can make that pain feeling less, right? And when they do that, what they found is that there's reduced activity in the anterior cingulate cortex. That's the area that's really activates during pain. So entry into the hypnosis state itself reduces activation of that area. Okay. So that means that the pain is actually less under hypnosis. That's fascinating to me, right? Because often before we had these brain scans and these brain studies, what we have, we have self-reported patients. And self-report is really important. I think your own experience of how you're talking about it is really important. But it's fascinating to me that it's like, yeah, the actual brain areas are reporting less pain. Absolutely fascinating. And pain is part of cancer treatment, right? It's just part of it often. So if we can reduce the pain, if we can take the suffering off of the pain, we can even localize the pain saying, okay, it feels like, you know, your whole body is, is really aching and hurting here. And now let's see if we can find even like one little space in your body that's not, right? Or let's say that the arm is really, really hurting and feels intense pain. Okay, well, let's see if we can go over to the other arm. Is that arm feeling pain as well? Or is it really just this arm here? And seeing if the pain doesn't have to take over the whole body. So it's a really interesting concept there to do that. And how this shows up in the body and what is considered helpful varies from person to person. So this isn't just like a standard blanket hypnosis that most of them are doing when you're working with cancer patients. It's really saying, okay, what helps your pain? Is it a warm bath or is it an ice pack? Those are two very different things, right? 
in one patient, you may imagine the warm bath and how soothing that is and the feeling of the water. And in another patient, it's the numbing of the ice. So if you've ever put an ice pack on, which I'm assuming most people have, right? I've had some kind of injury at some point where you put an ice pack on. I'm going to talk about my own experience here. I dealt with plantar fasciitis, which is this uh, ligament on the bottom of the foot for a really long time, a foot injury. And I'd have to ice it. And there's this moment where the ice feels so, so painful. You're really thinking like, oh my God, I can't get through this, right? Like I'm going to have to take the foot off the ice. And then that moment passes and it becomes incredibly soothing to where you want to keep your foot on the ice. For myself, I had to time myself because you're not supposed to keep your foot on ice too long. It can actually start to affect the tissues. So I had to set a timer to take my foot off of the ice. It felt so good. But there's this period right before where it's like, I have to give into that sensation. I have to get through this little part before the ice becomes really soothing. So that's going to be a completely different image a completely different process for someone than another person who's imagining lowering themselves into a warm bath and how soothing and good that feels, right? Two very different images. So some of this is definitely personal to the patient and what's soothing to them. The other part of how hypnosis helps with pain is that it makes it less frightening. And when it's less frightening, it's less painful. So often it's this fear of pain that really amps people up, that increases their anxiety, that gets them ruminating about how painful things are going to be before it even happens. That imagination is happening in our minds, right? In our brains. So Hypnosis offers an opportunity to change that paradigm, really. It's changes it out of something as painful or not into one where something has a range of pain or it can be less frightening. It can be less scary. It can say, okay, let's focus on the present right now, right now. You're in your bed and you're safe and you're comfortable and you're you're not in pain. There's no procedure being done to you. So let's focus on this right now. Like you will be able to handle it later, tomorrow, next week, whenever that is, when you go into the procedure and there may be some pain, you may be able to put yourself into a hypnotic state and there's far less pain than you expect. So it's those kinds of concepts that you're working with in hypnosis So let's talk about specific technique that's often taught and has been studied. So one strategy that they teach patients is to look up while slowly closing the eyes. And I teach this in my office all the time to interrupt anxiety, actually. You take a deep breath in and out. You imagine your body floating and that your hand is so light it can just float off your lap like a balloon. So It's walking the patient through this technique. It's teaching them this technique. And then they can go and practice this technique themselves. So once in hypnosis, the patient practices this pain control exercise and then imagining their pain as coolness or warmth or tingling or numbness, whatever's helpful to them. Then they bring themselves back out of trance, let the hand 
float back down, and then they can use this at any time once they've learned this technique. Okay? Anytime they experience worsening pain. So pain ebbs and flows often. It increases in intensity. It decreases in intensity. So they can use this when the pain is going up, the intensity. So what they found, this is Patterson and Jensen 2003 and Spiegel and Spiegel 2004, is that the pain reduction effect of hypnosis lingers longer once patients start practicing this. And then they have to practice it less, right? So the effect of hypnosis on reducing the pain lasts longer, meaning that they don't have to do it as frequently. That's an amazing result right there. They do note that hypnosis is more effective when it's employed early in the pain cycle before it gets too overwhelming it's most effective. Hypnosis is more effective. So when the pain is there and it's not too intense yet, that's when you need to practice that. Now, there's been numerous studies that say these effects of hypnosis on pain actually increase quality of life. I was poking around on the internet the other day and looking at questions that people ask. And some people ask a question like, why would someone refuse treatment for cancer? And there's all kinds of reasons to refuse it. But one of the reasons that kept coming up repeatedly was that someone didn't want a poor quality of life at the end of their life. They wanted to feel like they could live their life without a whole lot of pain. They knew the treatments actually increase pain often and are burdensome and take a lot of time. So how this relates is that if you had a technique, if you had a tool to use so that the pain of treatment was less, much, much less, then that, that might affect someone's decision whether to get cancer treatment or not, decision about their quality of life. If someone said to you, if you go through treatment, then this, 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 it may happen. And we're pretty sure this, this, and this will happen, but your quality of life will remain pretty high because we also have these tools that have no side effects. Hypnosis has no side effects. We have these tools to help you manage that and increase your quality of life. That might be a very different conversation than a doctor who's saying, yeah, it's going to be awful. It's going to suck, right? Like <laughs> really, that's a whole different conversation, actually. Like, yes, we have all these tools to help you get through this, to help you manage it, to help you feel less pain, to help you feel more comfortable. Like what a wonderful message. And when people feel less pain, they have less anxiety, they have less depression. So let's talk about another study that was done by Klaas and Nadal, 2001. This was also done by Spiegel, 1981, and then Spiegel, Bloom, Kramer, and Goddell, 1989. So this has been repeated a couple of times. What they found is that women with breast cancer randomized to psychotherapy hypnosis lived significantly longer than control patients. So the control patients just got the standard like breast cancer treatments. The experimental patients got the standard breast cancer treatment and got put into a group of psychotherapy and hypnosis. They lived 18 months longer than control patients. And this was significant at a statistical level as well. So this is really, really big. 
right? Like really big. And then they did a whole nother study where they said, okay, let's just um, put people into group therapy. Maybe it's not the hypnosis. Maybe it's being in a group together. That was the effect. And they found that wasn't it. It was actually the hypnosis that helped people live longer. So you're talking about a woman in her, let's say forties, and she has children and she wants those 18 months with her children. Hypnosis and psychotherapy can help her actually get those 18 months with her children. Okay, 18 months longer. It's an amazing, amazing study is what I think. Now what they did is they did another study that said, hey, let's do a group therapy without hypnosis. And they did not find the overall survival advantage, although they did find improvement in a subset of patients. That was Spiegel et al. in 2007. And actually group therapy and cancer survival has been reviewed at length and it has really good rates of survival. But what they're saying is that when you add hypnosis into that and psychotherapy into it, so it's not just group therapy with people getting together. It is also hypnosis and teaching patients techniques and how to handle pain and how to manage some of the anxiety and depression that come up with cancer treatment. When you add that piece to it, then your survival rates go up at a statistical advantage. They go up. So 18 months longer. Amazing, right? All right. Let's do a final one for today, and then I'll end today's episode. Okay, another study. This is this is really interesting. So hypnosis and the treatment of anxiety. Okay, so there's a lot of anxiety associated with cancer treatment. I, I think that's pretty intuitive for most people, that yes, people worry about all kinds of stuff that's going to happen. And often with anxiety, you get a snowball effect. So it just starts to get more and more out of control as people begin to worry and ruminate and run disaster scenarios in their head. It's sometimes very difficult to stop those from running. I'm an anxiety specialist myself. I recently even had an episode, something happened in my personal life where my anxiety went off the scale and I got a really nice reminder of what an anxiety attack is like. And I had to use my own tools, which really helped. But there's a couple of days there where it's like, oh, this is really, really difficult. So back to this study, hypnosis can be really effective at inhibiting the cycle of anxiety, okay? inhibiting the cycle. In one study even done by Nis, I, I'm going to mispronounce these names, but Nishis, Barbaras, Barbaras and Warner, 1999, it was shown to be more effective than a moderate to high dose of an anti-anxiety drug, Alprazolam, one milligram, at reducing acute anxiety. Okay, so an anxiety attack comes on, you're freaking out, the heart starts racing, you feel like throwing up, like all these different symptoms happen. If you can stop and put yourself into hypnosis that has been taught to you by somebody, it's actually more effective than a drug. Okay, it's more effective than taking the drug. Acts like a short acting one. Really amazing, right? So if you could apply that to the anxiety that comes up with cancer treatment, anxiety before a procedure to say, hey, no, I'm going to put myself into a hypnosis trance first as a tool to manage this, like wonderful, right? That's only going to help people. It's all it's going to do is help people and help yourself if that's your case. If you're listening to this and you're like, oh, that's me. Okay. All right. 
I'm going to end there for today. I am going to do another episode on hypnosis for cancer. I think this is like two, three part series, as well as offer another free hypnosis to help people. That's more general than just for surgery. Okay. The one I did in episode 55 was for surgery, but I'm going to offer one that's more general. So keep an eye out for that. If you have an experience with hypnosis, I would absolutely love to hear it. If you've been through cancer treatment and you used hypnosis to help control your pain, I would love to have you on the podcast. Please email me, drliz at drlizhypnosis.com. That's D-R-L-I-Z at drlizhypnosis.com. Please email me. I would love to have you on the podcast and share your experience of this. All right, people. Peace. If you like this episode, do me a favor and rate, review, and subscribe on whatever player you like, or even better, tell a friend so that more and more people learn about hypnosis and how it can be helpful for them. If you want to know more about me, head over to drlizhypnosis.com. That's D-R-L-I-Z, hypnosis.com. You can see the downloads and see if there's one that's helpful for your life. Or you could also join the newsletter and get a couple of free files as well as lots of good content. I've written a newsletter for well over 10 years. Go ahead and subscribe and join the rest of the world. All right, people, have a wonderful week.